been doing your own movies for a couple years. Ramping up now. I read uh, you're going to spend about $400 million on four movies that are coming out this year, okay. give or take. You can never believe what you read. Sometimes. Um, Um, you know, what, what we're really focused on is how do we push the creative boundaries um, and doing shows that uh, bring people together, are exciting, polarize people. Welcome back to How Original Podcast. This is our first remote episode. This is weird and scary for me. How is it for you? Yeah, man. I uh, Well, they said we couldn't do it. They said we couldn't get this going but we we figured it out we figured out the how to do zoom recording the losers and haters on our subreddit were saying things like pat will never be able to plug in a microphone to his computer and you know what folks they were true that was true i'm on airpods <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> the, the computer was not recognizing your your mic your wares your alien they... wear that you were trying to uh <laughs> insert into the they usb prayed, port they prayed on my downfall and they were crashed <laughs> <laughs> so uh tell us a little bit about your the setting where are you what's give us a boots on the ground report right what's now. uh what's the thing people talk about with psychedelics like set and setting <laughs> yeah so my <laughs> set and setting is that i'm in a very positive mood i'm in naramata right now it is sunday we're recording on I've been up here since Wednesday. I flew out to Penticton, um, got picked up by my parents in Aramata, and Penticton, obviously, and taken to Naramata. Um, and I'm here, like, on my they, own. They put a hood over your head. They put yeah, a hood over your head and <laughs> stuffed you into the back of their RAV4. I'm at a government black site right now. <laughs> no, no, I'm here willingly. Um, I'm in my dad's home office. I kicked him out. He's golfing somewhere right now um yeah it's fucking dope you know i'm reclining in a very nice eames lounger i'm wearing dad shorts with a bunch of pockets on them i'm in a gucci shirt life's good man life's good what's in what's in the pockets give us a pocket breakdown actually zero is in my pockets absolutely nothing so you're not using the space as well as you could okay no i could be transporting so many different wallets right now but i'm not (laughs) you could be the transporter jason (laughs) stated <laughs> the transporter, but instead of the cool BMW, he just has cargos. <laughs> <laughs> um, I gotta say though, the weather here has been a bit lackluster. It's been overcast, like still, you know, hot mid to high twenties, muggy, but not a lot of like swimming or frolicking. Um played frolicking. tennis today. Yeah, you know, you out here trying to frolic? frolic? Dude, if you I'm frolic... trying to romp, dude. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to have a lighthearted summer romp like the last summer 2019. <laughs> I feel like that's like a distress call that a lot of people get like this. <laughs> this 30 year old dude is just like frolicking outside my house right now. <laughs> could you, could you no do something warrants. about this? Yeah. Dude, what if the last summer, what if they knew COVID was coming and they're like, this movie is the last summer before the novel coronavirus. What, what do you mean, dude? What do you mean, what if they knew that COVID was coming? Of course they knew that COVID was coming, dude. It's crazy that in the final scene, Archie Andrews looks directly into the camera and says, 
COVID-19 is about to be unleashed. <laughs> you know, it didn't really make sense when I saw it back in 2019, but now it makes sense. Exactly. Yeah, the clues were all there. In, <laughs> hidden um, in plain sight. <laughs> so while I'm in Nirmata, you've been you've been doing some new stuff with your living situation. Oh, do wanna, yeah. Do you want to tell the folks what you've been up to? All right. Well, uh, folks, I am moving, making money moves, as some would say, to uh, to the big city, baby. Life in the big city. I'm gonna I'm bright gonna lights, big it. city. <laughs> yeah, uh, going to the downtown Vancouver, the beautiful downtown Vancouver. I'm gonna live uh, in a smaller apartment with a view of Science World. Um, it's gonna be awesome. We're renting out our current place, so we're in the process of like finding a. Tenant Dude, for hold that. up! That's actually the Telus World of Science. Can you not dead name oh. the Telus World of Science, please? I I I would like to formally apologize. Uh, <laughs> no for not using the Correct Christian name. <laughs> the Telus World of Science. Yeah, it's Science World to us. Like we're just the classic generation. It's Science World. I'm also sick of people calling it science world station it's actually main street science world skytrain yeah it's main street science world like have you never ridden a skytrain before come on yeah like man yeah people always forget me the main street yeah like i would call it the main street i would call it main street station above like science world station whoa yeah because you're not like you literally are exiting onto main street you're not exiting and science world's right there you still have to walk a short distance is Naramata the type of town that has like, like the main street, like where the main street is still the main street, you know, because like main street was usually like the first street that's built. And then like a bunch of the first like businesses in that town, like open there. And then of course, like Vancouver, now that name is like pretty vestigial because like, yes. you know, there's a lot of other main streets that are like much more happening. But like, does yeah, Naram- is Naramata the type of town with a main street? I mean, there's barely a main street, but yes, oh, yeah, all of the retail and commercial uses are literally like two blocks <laughs> so along, have, uh, like, the main drag if you will literally yeah um, literally so there's like drag it's just drag yes, shows <laughs> it's, it's uh drag story time all the time yeah. here um, <laughs> it's just libraries that do drag <laughs> drag story Dude, the library here is open like three half days a week it's so funny to not have a library that's open daily <laughs> Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Um, yeah, because there are like a few motels on the main strip, a couple little restaurants. Like as you're driving down from the Naramata bench, like the Naramata pub is the first thing you come to. And according to my dad, it, it'll be closed a lot of days when there's like a big sports game on where people would want to go drink beers and watch something. So it's like these people don't even care about making money. They just do it for the love of the game, I guess. And the owner has all these like tropical plants that he puts just out in the parking lot. So if you went by at a glance, it looks more like a plant store than a pub even. Whoa. It, it's very odd. Um, yeah. And then at the end of kind of the main street, you have the Naramata Inn, which is like a somewhat fancy hotel with like a really nice restaurant. And they opened, uh, I think they opened a wine bar beneath now. I'm I'm curious about these exotic plants though. So is there a corpse plant? One of those corpse plants? You know what I'm talking about? Um, can neither confirm nor deny until I Google. 
<laughs> it, it's what kind of stinky... magic the gathering ass plant are you talking about <laughs> it's oh. the, so it's the stinkiest plant of all time and uh it only flowers like once every seven years or something but when it does it's so stinky um Wait, and that... apparently they have one at the like the blodell conservatory like in uh queen elizabeth park and recently oh, wow. i think like a few years back it flowered and it was like i don't know man just stinky as hell it's fucking cool so it's sorry this is not the plant that smells like cum that's a different one this one just smells bad a plant that smells like i didn't know about a cum smelling plant hold on let me google this plant that smells like cum. wait is that is that like an evolution is that like like i think that's any plant that you just that you ejaculate (laughs) on is the cum smelling plant okay this is an australian this is i think this is an australian plant they would have. It's the ornamental pear tree. Whoa. Yeah. Smells suspicious. <laughs> I'm, I'm picturing like the guy that first, like the caveman that like first came upon that, you know, just like, you smell that? <laughs> <laughs> did, did, did Jeffrey just like, what is, did you just like, no, man, I swear it wasn't me. It's the plant. <laughs> did you just rope all over this tree, this whole tree? <laughs> <laughs> you gotta control yourself man you gotta get better about that i swear oh, it just smells like that i don't know yeah the corpse plant is crazy though you, you see in these pictures it's yeah nuts. well it looks it looks kind of like the chimpanzee dick that you showed me the other it week. looks a little bit like the chimp dick. Yeah, <laughs> i think it looks a lot like that yeah yeah like the extended part yeah hmm. interesting um yeah I wonder what the evolutionary like like what the the reason why that Australian plant has chosen to smell like jizz like is there some sort of evolutionary thing to it like is is the is there some sort of a trait to like make maybe it's to make girls like pollinate it you know what dude there's a lot of stuff that goes on in Australia where I'm like hey not my place to ask questions <laughs> Amanda was uh uh, she was um, brushing up on her pollinators the other day because she was going to teach this uh, grade one class about pollination. Oh, yeah. So she just had to know pollination at like a grade three level. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Who do you think the top three pollinators are, Pat? <laughs> um. <laughs> well, bees, presumably. They're up there. They're definitely up there. Yeah. yeah. If they're not a gold medal, they at least be silver, I would think. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe like a type of bird. Oh yeah, I, I don't know. And bats, and just... dude. Bats oh, too. Bats. Okay. Yeah, a lot of people forget bats, but they so are it... pollinators. They're out there. The, the night birds, as some call them. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so wait, is it a particular type of bat or just bats? <laughs> that sounds like something like an immigrant who just came to. He's like trying to describe bats, you know. <laughs> that was like you when you were six years old. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. The night you had cardboard Yu-Gi-Oh cards spilling out of your pockets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> was that one of the fake Yu-Gi-Oh cards you made? The one that I made up. Yeah, the night bird. Night bat. <laughs> Dark magician girl's night bat. <laughs> oh, down man. bat. Down bat for that down dark magician girl though. 
I mean, who isn't? Yeah. Um, okay, so we have so much movie to get through here today. I feel like we should just jump in because this, right. this movie was so much more complicated than I remember. Yes, let's get into it. So we're talking about The Last Summer, folks, um, starring K.J. Appa, Kevin James Archie Appa. Andrew- <laughs> Kevin Jimothy Appa himself, <laughs> a.k.a. Archie Andrews. And I didn't realize when I watched this, I think I watched it right when it came out. I didn't realize that Greer Grammer, our girl from Deadly Illusions, has, mm-hmm. I think, just a scene appearance where she portrays a very religious girl that one of the main characters is unsuccessfully trying to riz up. There's a lot yes. of riz in this movie. <laughs> a lot of different styles of riz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll talk about all the riz styles. Um, but yeah, so should we should we start with some letterbox, maybe? Uh, should we just we, get, get get right into the letterbox? We shall. Um, okay. I have one I wanted to read. So this is fairly recent. March 17th of this year. Three stars from Anya Archer. Super chilled movie. Nothing totally profound. <laughs> chilled, huh? We did, and I like the way she says, or I think it's a she. I like the way they say chilled because that makes it sound like a a bottle of champagne that's been kept in the fridge. Like this movie has been chilled for your consuming (laughs) pleasure. Exactly. Exactly. Also nothing (laughs) totally profound. (laughs) Um, Here's one that I found one and a half stars. First Netflix movie, three exclamation marks from sydney so sydney we just like to say welcome <laughs> welcome to the welcome family to the original family um <laughs> this is pretty much what you're in for <laughs> yeah this is a pretty good introduction honestly i would say it's pretty representative because it's like maybe some people you've seen and like some names you recognize but it's not good yeah yeah um i had some more in my phone here uh, here's let me read one more here while you're looking another one and a half star from Anna this is so bad it's like Minute Made Lemonade in a movie if that makes sense yeah I can see that can you see that I was struggling with that metaphor <laughs> so oh, I, I guess I, can you explain I'm, that can you deconstruct that for us um where you're trying to approximate something delicious and authentic but you're not quite getting there it's not a chilled rosé as that other user. No, no. It's just not going to have is. the same depth of flavor. You're not going to taste that it was made with love, you know? Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Three stars from Logan Kenny, who is a certified patron at the Blue Badge. Logan says, why are so many Netflix teen romances intrinsically fucked up? But they also gave it <laughs> three stars. So... I'd, I'd say you could argue a lot of teen romances are like a bit fucked up when you think about them. They always need that yeah. that uh, tension, that taboo element. Like, should a professional baseball player be trying to fuck a girl who graduated high school three days ago? According to this movie, yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, here's a interesting review. Um, <laughs> five stars from Mary B. 2001. First of all, this movie made me really want to go back to Chicago. There were so many beautiful shots, LOL. It was a super cute coming-of-age film, and I would definitely recommend it to all. I love rooting for the couples. Though it had a pretty predictable (laughs) plot at times, it 
had its share of twists. Overall, a great watch. This person just loves couples. They love rooting for couples. They love Chicago, man. They love Chi-City, dude. Chirac. Yeah, this movie does take place in Chirac. And it is the second movie we've done directed by Joe Swanberg, Chicago expert. Yeah, dude. Joe Swanberg, back at it, man. Uh, you know, I think with this, he was maybe trying to capture what he did to greater effect in the Netflix original show, Easy. But, you know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's a, hey, you can't hit 100% of the time. Sometimes you're going to miss. <laughs> I mean, yeah, if a movie t- is set in Chicago, it's by, it, it's by Joe Swanberg. Even yeah, if it's not by like... Joe Swanberg, it's spiritually by Joe Swanberg. <laughs> and even even if you're not filming it on location, Joe Swanberg still has to send you the B-real, like, interstitial scenes of, like, the bean and stuff and Wrigley Stadium. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> his DNA is all over it. Um, yes. Okay. Also, Grace. another positive one that I... Sorry, can I read one more positive yeah, one? Yeah, go for it. Right, so it's three and a half stars. I'm supposed to hate this movie. And then two like really, really sad faces, like one of these. Like... <laughs> so like interesting. Man, yeah. I, I love this like moral conundrum that this person's like, I, I I'm supposed to hate this. Society is telling me I'm supposed to hate this movie. But I just <laughs> the, can't. <laughs> I can't. The so-called it. tolerant left wants me to hate this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, one star from Grace. Don't quote me on this, but I think I would have liked this more if Noah Centineo was in it, which mm. is an interesting thought experiment. Could Noah or our main man Jacob have played the main character Griffin to greater effect than Archie? Or is it such a nothing role that it it's so hard to bring your own personality to it? I think he would have done way better, dude. So Ar- Noah? Archie, Kevin James Appa is a complete, complete energy god, dude. And I mean that in the most <laughs> ironic way. <laughs> he's where, almost like, like he a... Negative energy, dude. So low like energy. blank slate. Yeah. Too, too much of a blank slate. He's such an NPC, man. He's like the character <laughs> that you make in Fallout, like where you custom create your own character. And it's like so general because you just want to like basically be a mirror for the player. You know, yeah. Those type- so he wants to be a mirror for the viewer, I think. Yeah, it's almost like a a first person shooter where you never see the main character's face; you just see hands as like guitars are being played at parties. It's like Enter the Void. I wish this movie was <laughs> filmed like Enter the Void. <laughs> Dude, I felt like I was in the fucking void by about an hour fifteen into this movie. <laughs> Totally. I was like, there's still so much left. <laughs> Holy shit. Uh, um, here's one okay. last one. My favorite review. Yeah, uh, you go. Which uh, I go. was laughing on the bus, like, hysterically yesterday. Or on the SkyTrain. Oh, I um, know what it's going to be. It'll One star. It'll be better is someone's gay. Which is classic letterbox. I swear to God, any movie somebody is going to be like, would be better if they were gay or like wasn't gay enough. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, I don't know. What did people think this movie set out to be? So <laughs> let me do a thought experiment. If there had to be a gay part in this movie, I think the two nerds should have ended up fucking each other. See, I actually was going to 
say uh the really really the dime piece and the oh, other guy foster the foster bird. yes yes and the i thought the, the twist was gonna be who... that he was yes gay. yeah oh right yeah that because he was one be... he, right he was trying to fuck so bad he was so th- horny he and was so like performatively horny and couldn't get any like tom cruise in uh eyes wide, eyes wide shut, shut. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a classic eyes wide shut type scenario yes and okay so i thought he was covered i thought to the point where he was right. like this is his mask or whatever it's called the which would have been more interesting because ultimately he's like oh i was busy like playing on sports teams and i was away at like summer camps and stuff and of course nobody's ever had a sexual experience there so no mm. i this movie is full of teenagers who are like i'm too busy with camp with sports i'm making a documentary movie i just don't have time and it's like all anybody ever does in this movie is just hang out and drink so yes. what do you mean you don't have time <laughs> yeah t- <laughs> like those are poor time management skills when you get to university you need good time management well pat it's their last summer come on <laughs> Go easy on him. It, it, it is the last summer. Um, oh, I had one more. Danielle, lightning bolt emoji. Also a patron. A lot of patrons tapping in to review this. The last summer, one and a half stars. Men, pretentious, have never talked to women before. Gross and misogynistic. Netflix, <laughs> would you want that? Would that be good for you? <laughs> what? <laughs> You like that Netflix? You like that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was going to say so. Foster, who is revealed to be the Virgin, he's he has the hit list. So That's he's right. Lane Blacktop in the summer with his friend Alec, who has gone through the breakup with Aaron, who mm-hmm. uh, is the blonde chick who ends up uh, being swept off her feet by the baseball player. Uh, I thought there was a really good toxic masculinity moment in this movie. And I wanted to ask you, do you think this event actually happened? Or is the movie showing us a flashback to something that never happened? Because mm-hmm. Foster is posing the situation, like apparently hanging out with this girl at their school, who I guess is like kind of notorious for sleeping with everybody. Mm-hmm. And uh, I made a note of her name here, Brenda Bonner. And then they call her Brenda Boneher. And Alec makes a comment, hope you double bagged the grocery. So that's that's pretty funny stuff. Nobody in a movie has ever said something like that. So that's a really original joke. And then yes. Foster tells this whole story about an unsuccessful tryst with her that was interrupted by like her drunk deadbeat dad. So knowing what we know now about Foster, did this ever even happen? Or is the movie visualizing something that is a lie? I want to ask for your read on that. Uh, yeah, you know what? I actually missed that line. And I completely forgot that he'd said that. I think, I think, I guess that was a lie, right? I don't think he double bagged the groceries. <laughs> well, no, I don't think he did anything. And the way he tells the story, he's like, she was like, after all this being interrupted by the dad, like, oh, do you want to go upstairs? And he was like, grossed out. So he left. Oh, because that was the so, scene, right? They showed that scene. Yes, oh, but they so show you're saying it that as was if it happened. an imaginary scene. Oh. But I think he was lying about the entire thing. Oh, shit, dude. Or was he? 
I don't know. So you think, uh, what do you call that? Like a, a mistrustful narrator or like a, yes. yeah, yeah. I think this whole movie is told by Foster as he's like in a straight jacket in a cell. <laughs> Clarice Starling who's visiting Foster's cell. <laughs> he's telling the story about the last summer. <laughs> And the lambs um, went quiet. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, I guess review. that. Sorry, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, you you finished there. Oh yeah, no, I was gonna say like, yeah, I guess that because he also in that story though bounces, which I thought was weird. Yes. Like he doesn't follow through with the with having sex with that girl when no. her dad comes in, even though the dad seems cool with it, and she's just like, let's go upstairs, right? Yeah um yeah so i mean why wouldn't he have though is my question like why if that was real right like if he had lied why wouldn't he just have lied that he did have sex um and if it was and if it was real if it really happened why didn't he have sex because wouldn't he wanted to get the v card out of the what didn't he want to punch the v card (laughs) it makes no sense either way yeah dude that scene could have not happened and the movie would have been fine without it. Um, Tar, rose emoji, the last summer, one star. He truly put a reminder on his phone to break up with his girlfriend. That really happened. Yes. So, so his friend, Foster's buddy. This is uh, Alec, who breaks up with Alec. Aaron at the start of the movie. We both wrote in our notes because we were texting the other night as we were watching this. Um, he put a reminder in his phone to dump his high school girlfriend shortly into the summer after grade 12. Now, I don't think you would really need a reminder. I think that would kind of be all you're thinking about. That would be top like, of if, mind. If you're, yes, if you're in a long-term high school relationship and you want to break up after high school, that's, you're not going to be able to like eat or sleep or do anything without dwelling on that right that's gonna be so top of mind yeah that's such a wild thing and uh, <laughs> such like a wild thing. A very to have an evernote of like a reminder oh, no, it was a reminder so he heard a ding yeah. and it's like ding 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 oh shit yeah like this <laughs> like <laughs> crazy do you think anyone has ever done that in the history of of the human existence <laughs> no i don't think so I I truly don't think that could slip your mind. Right? So I think the way that that scene should have gone, if I can do some rewriting for the movie, would be Foster saying to him, like, hey, man, have you dumped Aaron yet? Like, you kept saying you were going to. You better get on that. You want to have your last summer title last summer. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. Smash cut. Um, right? Like, I think... I think that could have just been banter between the characters. It was so dumb that it was a note in the guy's phone. Or even like just a text, right? It could have been a text to him, like, "Hey, man, yeah, you did you?" Yeah. Up? Or it could have been a text from the girlfriend, and hit, and just a shot of his face going like, "Oh shit," so that we know something's up. Oh, here's what it could have been. It could have been Aaron texting him, being like, "Hey, you said you wanted to talk. Like, what what do you need to talk about? Like, you're making me nervous." Yeah. Or or something she- to that effect. <laughs> She's like, is it because you didn't double bag the groceries last time? I'm pretty nervous about that myself. <laughs> Dude, I can't stop thinking about double bagging the groceries. I wonder if kids still get taught that by that's PE like teachers. 
Also, I feel like that was almost too gross to be in this movie. You know what I mean? That seems almost yeah. a little... Pretty lewd. Yeah. Like, this isn't super bad, okay? Let's take it down a notch. Yes. Yeah. Um... um so this movie, I feel like 30 seconds in, you know it's not going to be a good movie because we have Archie Andrews narrating and he says, it's looming, always looming. The future, I mean. <laughs> and then we get kind of a montage of everyone. It's like, oh boy, strap yourself in. <laughs> yeah. Not good. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's pretty pretty dramatic <laughs> yeah a little bit for going to because like yeah going to college the last time you'd assume like kids would be pretty pumped right like yeah rather than like it's looming this is the last summer wouldn't they be pumped that like i'm going into this whole new world like i can't wait to... wouldn't they be chomping at the bit like yes. moving out of my parents house living on campus it's gonna be sick rather than like <laughs> it's looming always I... looming I don't have to deal with my dumbass dad having affairs anymore. <laughs> yeah. <too. laughs> um, also, I just realized. So for some of the characters, uh, particularly Sosie Bacon's character, uh, what is her name? Audrey. So it, even though school is over, they don't know yet what university or college they've been accepted into. Wouldn't you usually know by the time high school ends? Or is that different in the States? Yeah, I... I don't know. I bought it, you know. I was with it. It's not the biggest issue I have with this by any means. Yeah. Yeah. It's something. Um, and we were talking before we started recording. Let's go through so the Wikipedia article is not trying to tell the plot chronologically because it's so dense. It it breaks all the subplots into their own section. So why don't we follow the order? outlined in the wikipedia article to kind of introduce everyone yes yeah this because this movie is edited like a fucking radio lab episode it's so annoying and i it's... think what this movie is going for is trying to be like one of those classic teen rom-com growing up movies where it's like an ensemble cast and it's like any scene you can almost like catch the movie like on cable any scene and it'll be like oh i this is so fun it's like hanging out with my friends it's just a vibe it's not heavily structured like i'm yes. in but it's no fucking days and confused folks oh yes yes it's I guess no it, fast times at ridgemont <laughs> it is sort of going for like a link later esque or like a joe swanberg esque vibe yeah. um and yeah completely shits the bed yeah but you're right i so my theory is that this was like five shitty script ideas that netflix had like yeah on their in their slush pile and they were just like let's just put all this together into one nasty soup <laughs> and this it's is what nasty. they came up with it's so it nasty. is to quote joe button a two-pack of ass yeah um so <laughs> i saw this comment on letterbox and i totally agree with it because a lot of people are saying why can't the movie just be about like griffin and phoebe <laughs> like that's a whole movie there so that is exactly. kj appa and maya mitchell's characters who are kind of like the main characters of the ensemble but yeah. it's like, yeah, why do, why do we need to know what every single person is up to? Like, there's kind of enough drama there because, you know, they have the classic meet cute. They have the reasons the relationship can't happen. They're clearly attracted to each other. And then a lot of drama with their parents being brought in because Archie finds out that his 
shithead dad is cheating on his mom with his girlfriend's single mother. <laughs> I mean, that sounds like a movie right there, right? <laughs> Why do we yeah. need any of this other stuff? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was not a bad <laughs> twist, you know? That was didn't see that one coming. Because yeah, the way the movie flings all the characters at you, it's like, holy shit, I'm overwhelmed. <laughs> Overstimulated. And yeah. it's got this insta filter on it that like <laughs> it make it's trying to so it's got all this like indie alt folk music that it's playing <laughs> between scenes and it's got this like insta filter. Like it's trying so hard to look artsy and be like cool, <laughs> like a good movie. <laughs> Present itself. And then like you a good have movie. it's you such have a smoke Archie. screen. It's a literal smoke screen. <laughs> you have Archie Andrews trying to riz up his would-be girlfriend being like have you heard of the Cohen brothers before? Yeah, she's wearing a beret and is like, yes, I'm a film student. Like, I know who the Coens are. <laughs> um, maybe we should cut to break and then we'll come back and kind of walk through each of the subplots. Yeah, let's do that. Let's do it, man. Okay, we are back in the booth, back in the Eames lounge chair. So let's dissect this movie. So Griffin and Phoebe. And Griffin's last name, so this is Archie Andrews. Griffin Hourigan? Hourigan? How do you pronounce his last name? Oh, yeah. Hourigan. Hourigan. Yeah. He loves Hours. Dude, don't you love... It's so funny that there's some words in the English language where it's like, 90% 90% of the population has just agreed to pronounce them the normal way. And then you'll meet somebody who's like, whores. And you're like, come again? <laughs> <laughs> come rock. on this plant again? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Call back. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, can I, yeah, can I read is... you the first sentence? Because <laughs> I think it's really funny. Yes. Griffin Horgan, a prep school grad, is preparing to enter Columbia University. Thanks to nepotism, brackets. <laughs> His father, despite wanting to attend Berkeley College of Music. Yo, he's a bit of a Nepo baby. He's a total Nepo baby. He He's like the Lily Rose Depp of this show. Um, yeah, bro. Dude, I can't wait to watch The Idol tonight. I'm so fucking excited. Oh, new one tonight, right? Yeah, and my parents get HBO like as a channel, so I set up a recording. But, you know, I'm going to wait until they go to bed to watch it. Oh, yeah. Because um, it gets horny. <laughs> Yeah, you're going to be naked on your Eames lounge. (laughs) (laughs) Just in the dark, bathed in the blue glow of the TV. Your AirPods Um, in. (laughs) All right, so, yeah. Yo, maybe that's what those plants are useful for. Like, just to, like, have in, like, a a teenager, like, to just have in their room. So there's just a general constant smell of cum in the air. (laughs) So that they can just freely come all day, every day beating the cum sock allegations by being like no it was the australian pear tree don't you yeah yeah. the australian pear tree yeah it came into my room and made all the socks crusty (laughs) wasn't me i hate or does it or does it smell like cum because uh army or uh yeah army hammer or timothy chalamet has come into every single one of the pears on the pear tree (laughs) (laughs) yeah like the peach (laughs) Dude, that would have been impossible with a pair, huh? Pairs are pretty tough. They're pretty 
because they... it'll be hard and difficult to penetrate. You need a special kind of well, piece and then on also you to, so to penetrate a pair. Inside. Yeah, exactly. So... That consistency doesn't work. I think yeah, Peach was probably perfect. Peach is um, more consistent all the way through. Yeah, yeah. If you had to come into a fruit pat, which would it be? But it, if it can't be a peach, what? That's why I was gonna say, dude. Um, I, kn- I knew what you're gonna ask. Yeah, cannot be a peach. That's that's derivative. Uh, Give us something fresh. Give us something new. Dragon fruit. Dragon fruit is good. Yeah. Dragging my balls across the fruit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. We gotta get into this plot. There's so All much. All right. Here. All so, right. Archie Andrews is kind of our main guy. He loves music. We see a couple scenes of him in almost a vaporwave type bedroom where it's like, I think he has some like bisexual lighting going on in his bedroom too, and like big headphones on. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, at one point, he's trying to riz up uh, the object of his affections, uh, Phoebe, by showing her how to use Pro Tools. Um, so the basic premise is that Griffin meets this girl when all the main characters are at like a, I can't, I couldn't tell if it was a club or a rave. What did you make of that? Because everybody's uh, 17 and 18. Party. It I think like he introduced it as space. like, this is, it did, but I think that's why I was confused too. I thought I heard him say like, this is some dude's house. And what like, the fuck? I thought so. I don't that know, makes- man. This unsanctioned party where all the 17 and 18 year olds are getting served. He meets this girl who is conducting interviews, right? Yes. So she, even by the end of the movie, I was a little unclear. So I guess she's doing this movie as part of a film contest to try to win a prize to put towards her education, right? Yeah. So but she I think earlier. N- NYU. Earlier in the movie, that's not really explained super well. So we were sending each other voice notes being like, what the fuck is this movie? Like, who is going to watch this? Because the premise of her, Phoebe's movie, is that she's interviewing people during their last summer. And, you know, she has, like, the virgin couple who have exchanged promise rings. And then Archie Andrews trying to impress her. He's like, oh, I'll volunteer as an interview subject. And he starts spouting the most, like, we live in a society type stuff. Like, what is he even talking about? <laughs> yeah, he he goes off for sure. But um, yeah, this movie is too confusing for its own good. Because like these types of movies have to have a clear plot, clearly delineated characters. They need to be straightforward. This isn't fucking, I don't know, a, a Christopher Nolan movie, dude. Like, no. I, I, I shouldn't be thinking this much about a motherfucking no, rom-com so... I'm just putting on on Netflix. Like... <laughs> So they Griffin, really shit the bed with like the plotting and the editing. I think it's just edited in such a confusing fucking radio lab ass way where it's just like, like so here's a scene. Lead. Here's another scene. Here's this couple. Here's this couple. And like, it doesn't introduce any of the characters that well. No, no. And, and there's so yeah. much lens flare throughout this movie too. Filters yeah. and lens flare. So yeah. I should say, so Griffin hasn't seen Phoebe in a long time at this point, but it's a childhood friend he's had a crush on oh really then, so dude i'm just learning new things every every day here man uh, so i didn't even know at that. one point he's mentioning like in grade seven or eight they were in the same school before he went to like a different again it's so confusing they were in the same elementary school i think and they went on a field trip in the most senior year of elementary 
and they were what? at a rollerblading rink and he like held her hand or wanted to dude so i guess they why did that even need to be a thing why couldn't they just have met why couldn't they just have been classmates i have no idea dude i guess they just wanted that payoff at the end when they're like rollerblading together in that rink but again they truly did not need this much backstory like it literally could have just been like they're at a party with a ton of people and he's like oh that girl's really cute who is she oh she's making a documentary i'll be in it like it could have just been that simple yeah yeah the plot the plot Um, is already so unbelievable that like like she's making a documentary she's wearing berets she's wearing annoying hats like 90 percent of the time so clearly an aspiring director but we were both really confused about like wait who's gonna like she's making a documentary about what people's plans are after like (laughs) next year when they go to college and like like that sounds so fucking boring <laughs> and she's but I... editing it in uh i don't know man she's she's also like taking way too long to edit it like she's okay he so... needs to help her with the editing process of this so movie, first of all like how hard is it to edit this motherfucking thing <laughs> it's interviews first of all she has like a how original host understanding of how to edit audio <laughs> very yeah. rudimentary or she has to help her with the pro tools the space that she's been given to edit looks way too professional. It's like a Spotify lab that she's in. Yes, yes. Uh, she claims her whole focus for the summer is just making this movie. And she literally is too busy to fall in love. Which is not true because literally every scene afterwards is her just hanging out with Archie, not working on the movie. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so clearly she has free time and she's just like avoidant and using that as an excuse. Um. But I think the movie, I'm trying to remember, does she even frame specific, it seems like with the virgin couple with the promise rings, Phoebe is giving them specific questions and prompts, but it seems like with Archie, she just lets him go off and start rambling. So it's like, I would love to see the set of questions she poses to everyone, because it it seems like she even goes a level deeper than just like, what are your plans for the upcoming year? It seems to be more like, what is the vibe as a young person at this pivotal, you know, moment? Like, tell me yeah. what you're feeling. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> again, who the fuck is gonna watch this? Yeah, dude. Because uh, <laughs> high, because high school students are famously the most interesting interview subject. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they want to hear what each other has to say too. They're very like the, good at being interviewed and very good at listening too. Like the whole idea is just so like. I don't know, unoriginal and like, <laughs> like I get that they wanted her to like work, be working on a film. Could she have been just working on like a regular film? Like I'm just making a movie. Would that have been better? Do you think? Uh, well, I feel like everything in this movie is so time sensitive. Everything has to be like the premise of the constraints of the last summer, right? Yeah. So they wanted it to thematically tie into like because at the, the end of the movie the she does. She screens her documentary for a very full theater. Exactly, yeah. And Archie is in the crowd. Yeah. Reunites with her. Um, Yeah, so Archie originally wanted to go to the Berklee College of Music. You know, he's doing the strumming the guitar type bullshit. You know, it's how you use Pro Tools. He's making, like, some lo-fi hip-hop beats to chill and study to. Yeah. Um, But his... He is a Nepo baby, so his dad wants him to study business. 
And how would you describe the first conversation between Archie and his dad in the movie? I thought it was like, even in a not well acted movie, it was like the least convincing dialogue. Yeah, I don't. They they got pretty confrontational, right? Because his dad comes back from the gym, and at first they're making normal conversation, and his dad says something about like, so I guess his dad's like getting back in shape or something, and it says something like, "Oh, felt like I was the last person in the weight room without a tattoo," and then the conversation immediately pivots, and they're like angry with each other. <laughs> Wait, is that what he said? Is, yeah, he's like. You know, I feel like I'm behind because I'm the last person in the weight room without a tattoo or whatever. Which, what? That's okay, so I've never weird. been in a, I've never been in a Chicago gym, so I, I can neither confirm nor deny. I don't know what was going on in Chicago during the last summer. Um, but then his dad is saying like, "Oh, you need to." What was it? It was follow up on something about getting into the school he doesn't want. Like now he needs to find like accommodations or something. And he's also pulling the Nepo strings for that. Yeah. And then Archie is like, oh, I don't want to do it. And the dad's like, well, fine, don't. <laughs> so, wait, what is this relationship? And also, when the dad first walked into frame, because it was so long ago I saw this movie, I like forgot everything. I'm like, I almost thought it was supposed to be like an older stepbrother or something. I didn't even quite get the vibe. It was like a father-son relationship at first. What did you think? Yeah, I, I don't know, man. I, I, I guess I got that it was the dad, but yeah, it did throw me off because every parent in this movie is like way too handsome yeah. and yeah. beautiful. Every single parent in this movie is like a bombshell. Nobody is allowed to not look good in this movie. Yeah. Um, And then later on in the movie, we learn that Archie's dad is in a new relationship. He is still married. So this is a bit of a curveball. The mom doesn't know this, but Archie's dad is getting with the mom of Phoebe, who is a single mom getting back on the dating scene. So Yeah, and Archie finds this out because he sees them um, yes. when he just like on the street. It's one of those very convenient narrative devices where it's like, really, you were at this exact random corner downtown as this thing happened? Really? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, they put so much thought into like Archie and Phoebe like had this whole history in grade school but then they can't think of like an excuse for archie to be at the same place as like his dad and this girl and his you know wasn't he carrying his guitar into it was either a music venue or like he teaches kids music so he might have been going to work at that point right 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 the whole it doesn't matter the whole thing's stupid regardless Yeah, yeah but okay so phoebe even though she clearly has this connection with Griffin and he sticks around after his insane manifesto interview and helps her edit the sound and they're walking to the train together, blah, blah, blah. They're also playing a game where they're rattling off the names of like directors and actors, which goes on for a really long time. I don't understand what they were doing there. You don't get it either, right? Because we were texting about this. We're like, what is happening? It went on like comically long. It was like a family guy <laughs> yeah it was like a truly a family guy cutaway in its duration it was like martin's they were just going like martin scorsese nicholas cage (laughs) lady gaga like they were just saying people wait but i actually i I think think it was was supposed to be alumni of their respective schools 
Yeah. But they did like three names in a row. Then the next person would do three names in a row. Which is, it's such a bad bit. It's such a dumb bit. <laughs> it's a really bad bit. I mean, um, if you want to take up space in a movie and just like, you know, not have to think of smart, good dialogue. <laughs> yeah, sure. Just have them rattle off names. <laughs> so I Fair think enough. what the writers of this movie forgot to do at the end was actually think of smart dialogue because they wrote it all as if it was like placeholder dialogue. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um. Yeah, so they walk to the train together. Clearly, there's a spark. She gets she gets on the platform. Archie walks away, doubles back, is kind of rambling. He's like, hey, we should hang out this summer if you're around or right now, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then she says to him effectively, like, that's flattering, but I'm so all consumed with this movie. You know, it's this movie is like apocalypse now to me. It's just all consuming. I, I don't have room in my life for romance. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, they start to hang out and clearly still have feelings for each other. Um, there's a scene where in the daytime, maybe it's the next day or a few days later, Archie is on the train again. A lot of good train scenes in this, you know? A lot of train stuff. And he's texting her, kind of flirting with her. And then she goes silent during part of the conversation and he's waiting for a spot. Just having like a nervous breakdown. He just becomes schizophrenic on the train. <laughs> he goes Joker mode on the train. And this movie is so dumb that I was really surprised the other people on the train car were just fully ignoring him. Like I I thought the way this movie is written, it would be a scene where like he gets a text back and announces it to the car and like everybody cheers and starts like high-fiving. You know what I mean? <laughs> Oh, I thought it was going to do that, too. But I actually appreciated that this movie didn't because that actually was the most realistic thing about this movie was that scene was everybody just ignoring him when he goes full Joker on the train. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's like if I was on a train and somebody was addressing the whole car about their love life, I'd be like, you just looked down at your your phone, right? Like, for sure. Totally. (laughs) Look out the window at nothing. Yeah, dude. Like, I... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that was that's pretty good that was not bad but yeah they're uh also the movie that <laughs> phoebe's making um uh, i forgot this but i i just saw that i wrote this down it's called cusp which <laughs> sounds like a documentary about the teenage edging phenomenon <laughs> oh i thought you were gonna say like teenagers transitioning or something oh but yeah that too that too it could be that too okay so during the schizophrenic train meltdown um Archie is saying like, oh, let's watch a classic movie. And he has clearly a plan in mind. And we don't know what he's about to suggest. Later, we see that he takes her. Um, why the fuck am I blanking? The dude abides. Uh, Big Lebowski. Um, Lebowski. However, we don't know that at first. He's just like a classic movie. What did you think he had in mind? For some reason, the movie that came to my mind was Jaws. I don't know why. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I kind of thought it would be like in the Jaws or like Indiana Jones type ballpark. Yeah. But I was also laughing, thinking about like, what if you went way too dark and was like, this is a classic movie. And it takes her to like, Stallow bracket 120 days of Sodom. <laughs> who is that guy on the posting on Reddit that we read who was like trying to recommend fucking um, <laughs> Lars von Trier movies to yes. that girl? <laughs> he's taking her to see a Lars von Trier screening holy shit dude melancholia yeah 
anti-christ yeah <laughs> this is a good movie about relationships um yeah. yeah so i'd say he picks the movie well it's pretty you know fun and lighthearted. Um, yeah, yeah 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 good choice so there's also a scene right so this is the scene where they finally kiss and like physically engage with each other so they're having a competition to see whose uh barbecue place is the best in chicago right because they yeah. each swear by a different establishment the scene where it's like an old west like showdown like a duel we didn't need that it was very dumb we didn't need that but i appreciated it it was a bit of like a a bright spot in like just like i don't know it just broke up the monotony of this stupid instagram filter like but it's like very drab movie otherwise like just nothing i don't know yeah something about it was like kind of fun it's weird though because some scenes in this movie feel like it's literally a movie for children like it's so lighthearted and stupid and then there's stuff like you better double bag the groceries and it's like whoa where did that come from (laughs) yeah yeah it feels a little it doesn't quite jive um but they have like a a mukbang in her apartment essentially with all this barbecue and then uh he has some sauce on his face He's somehow unable to get the little uh, wet wipe package open. She makes a joke about like, oh, let's hope you're better with condoms. And then they end up kissing. A lot of condom references in this movie. <laughs> so this movie, this movie does promote safe sex, which I think yeah. is good. It does what... promote the, the condom agenda. <laughs> what, what if there was a scene of them editing footage for Phoebe's movie? And it was just Foster being like, I'm going to raw dog so many fucking bitches this year. <laughs> Archie being like, I-, I think we need to cut this. <laughs> we can't show this to a theater of people. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, so they start dating. Obviously, the complication is that Archie finds out his, his dad is fully having an affair. And there's really no closure with that even. Like, he confronts his dad and then we never see his dad again. Well, he tells his mom at the end, so that's the closure. He tells his mom, but yeah, yeah like, what ended up happening there? Like, his dad yeah, seemingly has no remorse. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. He's like, well, you know, it this happens. You know, when you grow yeah. up, you'll you'll understand. You'll yeah, get it. <laughs> all, all he says is, "You'll understand when you're older." It's like, whoa, what the fuck? <laughs> I'm not sure that that's the case. <laughs> <laughs> he's like don't I mean, worry i've i've been double bagging the groceries yeah but it's like yeah we barely i don't think we see any scenes of the two parents together so we don't really understand the dynamic at all do we no there's no like because that's of... like kind of a weakness for me because i almost thought he was at completely different homes and his parents were split up until Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, so there's no need, reason we should actually care about this because they didn't. So they need to do more introduce... to show the. They need, well, classic, you know, narrative. You need to introduce stakes so that we care when the status quo is disrupted. But exactly. If we're yeah. just immediately showing, yeah, two people who are never in a scene together who are cheating on each other, it's like, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, Phoebe finds us out. Well, first she finds out. She's like, oh, my mom just found out that, like, the guy she's seen is married. Can you believe this? Like, who would do this? Archie knowing damn well that's his (laughs) deadbeat dad uh, (laughs) hides the secret from Phoebe, comes clean to her. She doesn't respond well. 
And honestly, I mean, I kind of felt for Archie. Like, that's a really tough situation to be in. Like, I don't know. What are you supposed to do as, like, a 17, 18-year-old? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. For he, sure. He's yeah. not his dad's keeper. Like, that's very fucked up. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, and so he doesn't he doesn't tell her, and then she finds out at the end, and then she gets all mad at him, and then, then it's then they make up and it's all good. And that's the end of their story. Yeah. So basically <laughs> she he ends up attending the screening of her movie, which yeah. again, it's weird any of these movies would even be shown to the public, but fucking whatever. Um, it's weird that this she, movie was shown to the public. <laughs> this movie should be like lost media. Nobody should see this. <laughs> Both the movie within a movie and the last summer. It um, should be like Jodorowsky's Dune. We just have a bunch of concept art for this movie. Then, yeah, <laughs> a concept art of Foster being like raw dog for life. <laughs> um, yeah, so Archie brings her favorite takeout. They have a scene where they're roller skating together. And then kind of their sign off at the very end of the entire movie is like, they're both going to separate schools and they're like, oh, will it last? Ha ha ha. Joking around in a way where it's like, obviously they have a strong relationship and we are led as an audience to believe that it will, it will last. Yes. Um, Archie Damn. also calls Phoebe a sex goddess at one point in this movie, which is maybe the cringiest thing anyone's ever said in a movie. Yes. <laughs> so his his riz is not good. And he's saying something like, you're a nerd, you're cute, you're a sex goddess. He's like rattling off things. And it kind of, what is it that Ryan Gosling says in Crazy Stupid Love about Emma Stone? Something about like, it's like the better version of this. Do you remember that? He says oh, something yeah. to the effect of like, you're really cute, but like irresistibly sexy at the same time. Yeah. Ryan Gosling, crazy, stupid love, sexy quote. Sexy. You are, <laughs> you are the perfect combination of sexy and cute. Yeah. That's what it is. So it's very streamlined yeah. in that movie. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. So that's their plot line it's honestly it's not a terrible as you said like yeah a lot of people have said like this could be a whole movie on its own like this this could be the focal honestly point. i think there is like a 19 minute movie in here that's just them their families add in some more context with the families bring in a few of the supporting characters you're yeah. good that's your movie that's, <laughs> right that's your movie yeah uh, okay so, so let's talk about these other plot lines then um so aaron so, and alec do you want to yeah. i feel like i was kind of just steamrolling full speed ahead do you want to take the charge with aaron and alec sure let's let's charge the alamo um so aaron <laughs> and alec a high school power couple for two years agree to break up before leaving for college. Is not reading the wikipedia article word for word <laughs> But in your own words, how would you describe them? So I don't have original say, thoughts, Patrick. We should say this is this is Buddy who had the reminder on his phone to break up. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Alex so, is so they, working with Foster, who is horned out of his mind, and they are uh I think Alec owns the business. They're doing like blacktop surfacing, like driveways and stuff for the summer, right? Yes. Um, so he's a he's an on enterprising young individual, but he also needs to dump that hoe. <laughs> to dump that Griffin Hoorigan. Uh, 
Yeah. So he, uh, this is the guy that has the reminder to dump Aaron and they just agree to break up because they're going to leave for college. So they know they, breaking up is inevitable. They do um, the breakup like at the rave slash house party slash industrial warehouse party. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And so they break up and then uh, they, Aaron goes like, so, you know, let's just be respectful though. Like don't get with anyone and I won't get with anyone uh because we just broke up and he's like yeah yeah yeah, for sure for sure immediately gets with someone (laughs) at that party um yeah very very funny riz uh he he is the only person with riz in this movie but he's not asking for it you know he's just he's got people just like coming to him you know he he just (laughs) needs to sit back and uh he's like a a fly he's like a venus flytrap this guy he's kind of like michael fassbender in shame where he's just like he just exists and women flock to him whereas foster is kind of like um the boss character in shame who is way too try hard and off-putting foster the people yeah man he everything comes back to the movie shame from 2011 for me (laughs) all roads lead back to shame i lived it (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah so they break up uh he gets together with like the hottest girl in school according to foster yes and can i read something from my notes so there's a scene where this really hot girl who is like very vapid and rich um pulls up in a convertible as alec and foster are doing their like resurfacing job and she says about the convertible grad gift it was this or double d's but i think i made the right choice my boobs already kind of rock in my notes i wrote dog who wrote this shit and where were the parents at <laughs> yeah that's a this that's is a why one, man. <laughs> this is why men need to be in their daughters lives or else you end up with shit like this <laughs> yeah it's that's fucking crazy um is that like a legal thing like you can't i guess you can get a boob job like when you turn 18 is that the soonest no or 19 i don't i don't think that's legal at all i think it was the parents saying we'll either get you a car or we'll get you new tits like you have to choose which one means more to you right 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 yeah although i will say i think the car she has is like the super trashy convertible range rover (laughs) insane choice of vehicle Getting a boob job before college is insane. How yeah, crazy it's is like that? maybe just wait until after college. Like you're at yeah. your most, you know, a- attractive kind of right. Like yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. We yeah, hold off it, of it. Yeah, it's usually a last resort for people. I feel like, or like something they do. Right. Yeah, I don't know, man. Yeah, she's got a lot going. This girl's got a lot going for her, man. That's all I'm saying. Well, yeah, debatably. <laughs> she should use what God gave her already, you know? <laughs> we She's beautiful look, as is, it is. This, this is, is the a Love Yourself podcast. This is the Love Yourself podcast, man. Yeah. You don't yeah, you don't dude. need a Range Rover or fake titties to love yourself, okay? Yeah. Everyone is yeah. valid. <laughs> yeah. Some people are just more valid than another. Um <laughs> Oh, also, I want to backtrack at the rave slash house party, I loved when the scene was being introduced because we're seeing kind of the camera work over the crowd, young people, solo cups, party noise. 
then you have one line that's 80 yard and it's so high and clear in the mix over all the other noise and it says what a time to be alive people <laughs> wait wait what is that is that who says so that? it's so it's the party scene you know where like griffin meets phoebe and eric and al uh aaron and alec break up and all this stuff but when the scene's being introduced when we're first in the scene of this party there's all like the dialogue of the partiers that you can't really distinguish the music and then one line which has been added like after obviously oh. where it says what a time to be alive people oh just someone just says that at the party what the hell <laughs> i don't <laughs> think just... a named character at all i think just a character says that Who's out here at a party going like, this is great. We're having an awesome time. (laughs) I love hanging out with my fellas, drinking cold beers. Right, guys? That was definitely (laughs) like like an undercover cop, right? About to like get all these kids for teenage drinking. What a a great time to be in high school. Right, you guys? (laughs) And then it briefly made me think about What a great time not to be a cop, you guys. (laughs) This is awesome. What a time to have our legal identification out to prove that we are drinking age. <laughs> and then the phrase like, what a time to be alive, people did make me think of the Drake and Future album. And I'm like, wait, what year are we in again? But we're way after that album came out. Was that a name of one of their albums? Yeah, What a Time to Be Alive was the album with the diamond stock art that Drake and Future recorded apparently in like just a week in uh, 20... Wait, was that 2016 or 2015? One of the two. 2015, yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Obama was prez. What a time <laughs> to be alive. Things were going good. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this movie has some really compelling dialogue. My boobs already kind of rock. Imagine if a girl said that, how turned off you would be. My boobs kind of rock. Like, kind of yeah. rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like fishing like for attention, it. much? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. My boobs rock. Yeah, it's like I'll be the judge of that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like whenever people claim to be something, it's like, well, let me let me tell you whether you are or you aren't. Let me authenticate those titties. Yeah, <laughs> you can't you can't authenticate your own titties. No, no. I mean, everybody claims they're selling real garments on Grailed, but. Yeah. yeah, there's a reason you can't authenticate your own fucking Valencia. No, that's like when the cops investigate themselves for a shooting. It's like, oh, what a surprise. You didn't find any wrongdoing when you gunned down this child in broad daylight. Ooh, exactly. <laughs> Conflict of interest, dude. Folks, we're pro self-love anti-cop on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay, sorry, George. I totally derailed you there. Oh, uh, okay, so uh, they break up he's dating uh this uh hottest girl in school um who's very meanwhile foster is coveting this girl the entire time he's like dude she's so hot um and like the entire time he's like salivating on he is guilty of the sin of lust for sure um he's like drooling onto the blacktop as they're like i don't know doing like the her driveway um he he loves her um and then and that sort of comes back at the end of the the movie, uh, but uh, eventually they break up um, inevitably. Uh, but 
when they and so he decides uh that he wants to get back with Aaron. He's like, I made a mistake. This girl's so boring. All she talks about is her how sick her boobs are. This sucks. Yeah. Um, and then when he tries to get back with Aaron, uh, she actually um he finds out that she has met a guy. So we get the scene of Aaron uh at a Cubs game. Go Cubs. Yes. And this I want to say so. so- so fucking chicago it's trying actually you know what i appreciated that it's got it's got lots of uh regional sort of uh aspects to it which is cool it is it is funny when a movie is set in a place but all their specifics are so surface level that's like you just read a wikipedia article about chicago whereas joe swanberg will go like four levels below what a casual would know where it's like exactly he he does locals only shit it has that grit to it. It's like, oh, people have been going to this neighborhood pub for decades. Like, yeah. And somebody might mention the Cubs, like, and win it all. But, um, exactly. so yeah, I was going to say so, Aaron and uh, Audrey, who is Sosie Bacon's character, go to a Cubs game together. And I just want to say, I know this is a bit of a hot take. I think Sosie Bacon is really cute. And I thought her character was like the coolest out of all the, the women in this movie. Oh, yeah. Even Sorry, though she's man. made out to be I, like... That's, a, that's too hot of a take, man. That's, I, that's, that's piping, dude. That, that just hey, came out of the oven. I gotta let that sit. I gotta let that sit on the fucking... Uh, uh, on the pan I'm, for a little I'm bit. I'm just gonna burn my mouth on that take. Um, Shit. And the movie makes it out to be like, oh, she's kind of like the plain and undesirable one. I'm like, if I were in this dumbass movie, I would riz her up on sight. Listen, man. I guess you've got more vision than I do. I I simply don't. <laughs> I simply don't see it. Um, <laughs> That's okay. And, and her plotline in this movie is so horrendous and so it's, it's such bad. an affront. It's such an affront to nature, dude. I like the fact that this whole subplot exists. Like, it, it's the cringiest possible subplot of all time it's like so it's her we'll describe it later but it's yeah it, I, I hate that she existed i hate her whole existence <laughs> damn i hate, so I hate this sub- I'm, I'm sorry you have to hear that dude <laughs> so bad um <laughs> uh, anyway so uh let's just wrap up audrey's uh oh, sorry aaron's story right so aaron meets this cubs player um at the baseball game because he like catches a stray ball, a fly ball, if you will. Um, yes. and he dives into the stands and like, yes. I don't know, grazes her titties a little bit. She's like uh, fully in her lap and she like, like spills her, her hot dog. Yeah. 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 Her glizzy goes everywhere. <laughs> she spills her hot dog. Yeah. She does. <laughs> you ever spilled your hot dog, Matt? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. What about when you're eating the longest hot dog of all time? Oh, man. That was. That was crazy when I was trying to eat the yard dog. The yard dog. <laughs> um, I was going to say, we should cut to break and then come back in a moment and uh, keep describing why it's chill and good for a professional athlete to date a girl who literally just graduated high school. Yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. Cool. We'll be right back, folks. Okay. We... We still have so much movie to get through, man. So, Let's do it. Uh, this baseball player dives into the stands to make a catch. It's classic meet cute where he's uh, obviously into Aaron and then gives her a 
baseball with his wait one of the ball boys gives her a baseball with his phone number on it right oh, like yeah. asking her out yeah uh-huh, uh-huh. what do you think of that move as far as riz goes oh the riz the rizzes dude he, call him the rizza he is the rizza <laughs> enter the wu-tang accusations of rizzism <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna enter the the chamber dude well he's gonna enter her chamber exactly drift. exactly with his um, liquid sword so what what happens with them after this scene um so oh, i should say I know, ricky th- santos is the name of this baseball player i think that's a pretty good fake baseball player name ricky santos 22 yes. year old uh called up from the minors this is his first season with the cubs yeah, yeah. totally buy it great name yeah uh so yeah they they date also for a bit uh things also go sour with them because dun 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 why pat (laughs) (laughs) well george if you're frantically trying to read the article because he claims that he broke up with a girl uh prior to coming to chicago because he was like always on the road couldn't sustain the relationship however there's one night where she goes to pick food up for him and goes over to his place, his like condo unexpectedly. A girl answers the door and it's his ex. So yeah. she pretends to just be the delivery person, scrambles out of there, and that's a wrap. They're over. So that's a yeah. strikeout, is what we call it. In, <laughs> in the, the biz, we call that a strikeout. So at first, this guy. Uh, Ricky Santos presents himself as like a very humble guy, very genuine. You know, he's driving this like older pickup and he was saying to her like, yeah, sorry, my car's a little iffy, but like, I'm not going to be flashy. I'm saving up to buy a home, like kind of all the bullshit she wants to hear. There's also a part where was it her or was it him? I think it was him who said like, oh, the event last night, like the whole team loved having you around. So Look, I don't know too much about baseball. Imagine the dynamic of professional athletes if the new player on the team starts bringing around a recent high school graduate. If you're a little more seasoned as a ball player, aren't you going to be like, you got to pick them a bit more carefully. Like, you can't have this girl recording Snapchats of all of us. Like, do you think they would really love having her around? I don't think they would like it at all. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. Yeah, it was. Uh, I don't think they would express it in those terms. Certainly, <laughs> uh, no, no, I, I do not think so either. So I don't think like, that's, that's quite... what I think. That's definitely something you like tell your girlfriend. Like, oh yeah, my friends like loved having you around. Where really, like your friends said like insane things, like the grossest shit. Yeah, yeah. The grossest <laughs> shit. Yeah, vile, yeah, I... evil shit. Yeah, if we think double big the groceries was an evil comment, I'm sure this uh, this ball team said a lot worse. Yeah. Anyway, man. so yeah, that's just essentially what happens with their relationship, which and so, of course, do you want yeah, to say it or should I? Yeah. Well, at the end, um, Aaron and Alec end up like getting back together. So that's the end of their story. They they realize that like, well, maybe they don't have to break up before they go to college maybe they can make it work right Uh, although i will say the wikipedia article seems to think it's a little more ambiguous uh sometime later alec comes to her send-off party they decide to be friends again moments for kissing and possibly renewing their relationship 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think it's pretty. pretty I, I thought the movie was a little it, more. Right? Let's put it this way: kind of dry. the movie we're dealing with, it's meant to be pretty clear. I think that they get back. Well, together. you'd be surprised. So much of the rest of this movie is not clear at all. Um, this is all but... a falsehood Foster has been telling. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, to me, it was pretty clear. They they just get back together and they try and make it work. Yes, despite the odds. Just. You know, may the odds be ever in your favor. Yeah, um, yeah. Okay, so next in this article is Audrey, a working class student, rejected by all but one of her college choices as her grades were average, as she needed to work while in school. Yeah. <laughs> Everything in this movie is so overexplained. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. She, she, so she decides to take a job as a nanny um, in order yes. to get some money to pay for college, I guess, right? Or and also so, to get, like, get some experience so that she can put yeah. something on her, like, application because she's just so average, dude. Just like Sozy, whatever the fuck her actor's name no, is. No, I, I love her. That's not true at all, George. Sozy, <laughs> if you're listening, bang my line. Um, did you ever <laughs> see the horror movie Smile? She's the main character in that. No, I didn't. It's, like, kind of a... It's very derivative of It Follows, but it is kind of a good movie at the same time. Mm, okay. Um, okay, so the mom she's working for is like very obnoxious, rich, dismissive mom who is kind of like a, a momager <laughs> to her young child who she wants to be an actress, right? Helicopter Like the mom, mom wants the child to be an actress. And the mom is always going on about like, oh, I was in 16 Candles. Although it's later revealed she was literally in one, a background extra in one scene, like totally non-speaking. So it's like, technically you were in the movie, but you didn't do anything. But yeah, she keeps yeah, going yeah. on as if it's like her life's big accomplishment. Um, but really she was a silent partner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, da, da, da. The kid warms up to Audrey. So of course you have some precocious scenes of like, I, I hate scenes like this in movies where it's like, oh, this kid is precocious and through talking to them, the grown-up learns something about their own life. Like, yeah, dude, like, oh. the movie trope of the kid it being sucks. like wise beyond their years. Yeah. So bad. Um, <laughs> it's pretty, and, as the Black Eyed Peas would say, pretty started. Yeah, <laughs> as the it's, Black... <laughs> pretty, it's pretty led to get it started. Yeah. Um, it's pretty black eyed piece. You know, so we have Audrey opening up, kind of saying like some truths about her own life and how she's been disappointed and settled for less, yada yada. Um, there's a scene where Audrey is taking the kid Lila to an audition, but at the last minute they're like, What if we just went to the beach? So they do that instead, which makes Lila happier because she doesn't really want to be an actress at all, it turns out. The mom gets very mad um audrey loses the job um what else so she does have a meeting with like an academic advisor which seems kind of weird because she just meets him at like a random coffee shop or something in chicago like this guy went yeah. an office and then Wait, he gives her the basically says like yeah sure you can go to this college like whatever but <laughs> you're on like academic probation and the rules are very strict and all this shit and she's like nah i'm good fam she's like i believe in myself now fuck this i'm out 
I'm actually um, just going to go to the beach. <laughs> yeah, I just live at the beach now. I'm going to live in Naramata at the beach <laughs> like yeah. I do. Yeah, um, this, eight, this eight-year-old taught me an important yeah, this, lesson. This that, eight-year-old like, taught me to stand up for myself. Yeah. Um, so ultimately, she decides to be a volunteer for Teachers Without Borders, having discovered her talent for working with children. Um, so that's kind of her thing. And like, so Aaron is saying like, oh, what about college, blah, blah, blah. Audrey basically says like, you go do that, but I'm just going to do Teachers Without Borders. We'll see. So it's unknown if she goes to college. And I guess the point of her plot was not for her to end up with a guy, but for her to gain like self-knowledge and self-confidence, which she does by the end of it. Mm-hmm. So that's, mm-hmm. if you don't have anything to add, let's move on. <laughs> I there's do still, not. <laughs> there's still, okay. So we have Foster and then Chad and Reese will be the last two we discussed. Yeah. So, so we've kind I mean, of we talked touched... about Foster basically already. Um, he, we just... Yeah, so he has a wish list of women he wants to sleep with, and when he presents it to Alec, not only is it girls he literally knows, it's also like female archetypes. So he has like Giselle on the list, and Alec's like, I don't know if Tom Brady would be happy about this. They're now no longer a couple, so Foster could oh. go for it. Um, uh-huh. But yeah, that's like truly deranged to not only have a hit list of people you know, but to be like, I'm invoking this famous person as like manifestation, as like an archetype, right? That's yeah. wild. Pretty wild. Yeah, that's this it's a wild cue. He's got a crazy cue going on. This guy is so horny that he's veered into like the abstract. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, at his horniest, he tries to hook up with... Uh, a virginal Christian girl, as the Wikipedia describes it, um, who is Greer Grammer. And yes. She's, and, and she seems to think that he's a Christian bodybuilder. <laughs> well, he, yeah, he says stuff to lead her to believe that he is a Christian bodybuilder. Which is but so, the way she, that's a funny, it's funny to identify yourself as a Christian bodybuilder. <laughs> also, the way she's so fascinated by this is, are we supposed to think that's like her type? like christians and bodybuilders i think so hmm interesting i think he i think he's writing her venn diagram if there's right anyone the listening whose type is a christian bodybuilder we want to hear more about that write us at how original pod at gmail.com or how original podcast on instagram uh yeah. you can email or dm anytime or any <laughs> actually you know what i'll even expand that to any religion ex bodybuilder if right. if your type is buddhist bodybuilder like a hindu if, bodybuilder hindu yeah. bodybuilder if those are the two main <laughs> things that you're looking for let us know yeah already i feel like if you're a woman and your type is male bodybuilder you're gonna meet some deranged man through that i yeah dude I would you're gonna have you to not look in that pool it's not a great pool i mean you're gonna end up shooting them with a shotgun at the end of the day, like oh, uh, in I thought you were gonna say you're gonna end up like shooting a lot of needles into their ass, and I was like, well, that too. But oh, yes, too, you man. are. It is gonna end like Killer Sally. <laughs> yeah, Killer Sally. Yeah, pretty good Netflix original. Yeah, that was pretty um, good. so Foster faces a lot of adversity in his his pussy quest. A lot of setbacks, trials, and tribulations. Um, so it looks like he's finally going to get laid at this lake party that everyone's at later in the summer. He's risen up this girl. It's also worth mentioning Foster is like probably the best looking out of all the male leads or he's like very good looking at least. 
So definitely. So it makes no sense a, that he is not getting any, but whatever. you as a viewer are like, well, what's wrong? What's going on here? Um, and he's chatting with this girl in a hammock. She's like, oh, why don't we go somewhere more private? And then she makes a huge scene showing everybody his list, which has apparently been leaked. I'm unclear on how this got leaked. How to notes app? This is like phone. Epstein's Epstein's flight plan, dude. Yeah, this is not like <laughs> yeah. How would this get leaked? This is never explained. Like, are, are we supposed to think Alec has leaked it because he wouldn't do that, right? Was Alec uh, attempting to teach him a lesson by leaking this? Yeah, I don't know how. I, I forget how it got leaked. It, it's bizarre. Yeah. Um, who was the whistleblower? Yeah. Who? Yeah. <laughs> fuck gate <laughs> um, <laughs> list gate so basically he gets humiliated and she's saying stuff like oh nobody will ever have sex with you again like blah 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 which again you're about to go to university and meet a whole new group of people i really doubt this will have ramifications even a month from now but he's very yeah. humiliated um and then at the end of the summer he's having a conversation with alec where alec is saying basically look, man, it was a tough summer. You didn't accomplish your goals, but, you know, you had a good run in high school. Like, you used to be a little fat guy. Then you became chiseled. Like, you know, you did well with the ladies. Like, blah, blah, blah. Turns out the myth of Foster has been overblown. And eventually Foster's like, none of that ever happened. And Alec is a supportive friend. He's like, look, man, it's totally fine. Like, you know, I still like you as a person. You'll you'll survive. So That's called foster care <laughs> yeah put this this foster needs some care uh, <laughs> some tender loving care from a human woman which he gets in the scene after because he takes the invoice for the blacktop resurfacing up to the door of this house an archetypical milf answers the door well you know whose house it is though it is the the shallow hawk girl right yes who yeah. his buddy was dating yes this is one of like three plot lines where somebody who is much older is like, yeah, I'll fuck this 18 year old. Sure, why not? But because of the yeah. milk, we're like, ah, sure, we're on board with this, I guess. So she's yeah. being very seductive. And Foster does kind of the only fourth wall breaking. He does like almost the funny game style turn and smile at the camera. Yeah. It was very unnerving. I didn't like it. I see these types of moments, the Wild West, like barbecue <laughs> off the looking at the cat foster, looking at the camera. These like weird moments are like my favorite moments of this movie. Because like that's so what that's the only moment. I mean, dude, it's the only time in the movie where it's got like some personality. I wish it was right. more of I mean, if if the whole movie was in this tone, I I would definitely enjoy it a lot more. Uh, no, I do agree because there are parts that try to be like grounded and emotional, which I would say do not succeed very well. Yeah, if <laughs> if it didn't take itself as so seriously, right? Because it's it's yeah. weird. It's like it wants to take itself seriously at the same time. It's like being goofy and like yeah. you know it's making like a joke out of itself. Yeah, pick a yeah. lane, man. Um, so anyway, wish... we are. Sorry, I was, I was just the... say... Oh yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, just like that's the end of the line with Foster. We're led to believe that he goes in, loses his virginity, and uh, all is right in his world. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I was just going to say, I wish more of the plot lines, because this is 
I wish more of the plot lines would have converged, like Crash yeah. or a Babel, you know? Well, I do. Or think a Love of, Actually. I do think they kind of messed up by having so many plot lines, but very, excuse me, little meaningful intersection. Yeah. Like some of the people, I mean, they're all like sort of vaguely friends with each other, I guess. I don't know. Um, I think there could have been more group scenes. Definitely. Yeah. 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 Uh, Yes, that was weird. Anyways, the last story is Chad, uh, Chad and, and Reese. This is probably my favorite story. <laughs> this so is the one you you made a comment. Is it Chad or Reese who's like the Russian looking kid? Oh, I think I, I think forget because one is of them's like Indian and one of them's kind of Russian looking. Uh, no, you know what? I think it's Chad. Chad is Russian looking. Okay, he looks like you, my old friend Max used to go for sure. Friend of the pod, you were like, this guy has such a powerful Russian phenotype. He does, man. He does. <laughs> He's like super, super blonde, blue eyed, um, and like very skinny and nerdy and super, yes. super nerdy. Yeah, he's he such a Russian like a, nerd. A bowl cut, I guess. He runs a. He looks like he runs a Russian troll farm. Let's just say that. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> he uh, interfered with a few elections, probably. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's dabbled in some some election fraud. That's for sure. Some erection yeah. fraud. So so these guys are kind of bemoaning that in high school, they they never got any play. They never got puss. Um, and they're kind of looking back, like, where did it all go wrong? And I want to ask your opinion on this. So Chad is saying something about, like, oh, it all went wrong when I was like reading a Harry Potter book during whatever in PE. I don't think Harry Potter was that crazy to read. Definitely Was not. it? Like there would have been no. lots of kids reading it. Yeah. Especially if... Wait. Every girl has read Harry Potter. Like, Oh, maybe but... I'm thinking... Okay, I guess when we were in high school... So these kids would have been reading Harry Potter not as new releases were coming out, though. This would have been retroactive. Because I was True. thinking back when we were in school, everybody read it. was so ubiquitous. Like a new Harry Potter book came out, everybody read it. <laughs> it wasn't like a nerdy thing. If you're still obsessing about it five years down the line, maybe it's kind of nerdy, but it's like those books were so popular. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. But anyway, they've done various things that resulted in them kind of uh, alienating the school at large, I suppose. Yeah. Um, so well, then... he said he was reading Harry Potter during like. A basketball game or something yeah a school basketball game yeah uh the deathly hollows yeah um so that then... is the thickest of the harry potter books so you know if, if you're trying to lay low right and just like yeah. read a harry potter book during True. a basketball game that's not that is not the best one to choose or that's a, you... that's a whole that's a whole scene. You've got a heavy ass book. I can see how that would interfere. That's a with your really Riz. heavy book. Yeah, true. Okay, that's Riz interference guys. for sure. So yeah. they are dressed up in suits. I actually totally forgot this from the movie. They were on the way to a wedding rehearsal dinner, apparently, and they stopped at like a bar, and yes. they and they realized that because they're wearing suits, <laughs> everybody. Which you know what. Kind of, kind of, kind of a fun subplot. I kind of dug it. it um, the it fact that they were wearing suits kind of fun makes the servers like not card them because they just assume they're like working in in the because like they get Stock a bunch exchange. of day traders that come yes. to this bar, <laughs> um, and so they're like, oh yeah, you guys are just like the day traders or whatever. Which yeah. is like honestly, to be fair, like yeah, like 
I bet some teens could get away with that. Well, I think it is kind of a fun subplot. And I do like their realization. It's like, oh, if we use this prop of like adulthood and just don't tell anybody otherwise, suddenly we're talking to stock traders and like the waitress knows us by name and all this shit. So yeah, yeah, yeah. going back, which yeah. is very funny. And it does make me wonder like <laughs> where they get the money to just go to this bar every single day. Right, because they become regulars. Right. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, I forget the deals that the waitress was reading them. It was like good deals, but still, if you're going to a bar drink every single day, it's like you need it's... money for that. <laughs> totally, totally. Um, um, and so eventually they meet a couple of uh, older ladies who also think they're stock traders. And the ladies are like 22, 23. <laughs> they're like, no, we're cock traders. Yeah. <laughs> we're escorts. Um <laughs> yeah and like the the boys with a z the boys chad and reese are like oh how do we approach oh we looked at them for too long we blew it and the women just fully come over and they're like can we join this table <laughs> and then yeah. they basically started dating hooking up with these women of course they later feel obligated to reveal like we're young and the woman's like i knew that the whole time like i looked at your wall <laughs> the first night we hooked up and we as viewers are meant to be like, wait, what? Like, I mean, like, that's crazy yeah. that they do the whole time. That's fucking insane. And they still kept going with it. And they didn't say anything. Like, that's so nuts. Um, it's crazy. Like, we're meant to see this as like a huge victory because we thought there was going to, you know, you, you would think that, you know, this is a big reveal. But yes. them going like, oh, no, no, we knew that the whole time is almost a weirder, crazier reveal to us you, as viewers. Where it's like, that... wait, you guys were... You guys are fucked up then. <laughs> You're the fucked up ones. Because most young professional women who are like 22, 23 do not want to have sex with guys who have yeah. just graduated high school. So I feel like this movie is unrealistic in several yeah, ways. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm beginning to think this might be unrealistic. But yes. that's pretty much, yeah, the end of that plot. Yeah. yeah. And that's and the end of the movie. And amused Claire reveals that she and Janet knew the entire time, but had gone along with it because they genuinely liked them, insisting she finds him cool. Relieved, Chad jokingly asks if they can get married that day, and they resume their relationship. <laughs> so yeah, that's pretty much the end of everything. Yeah. So, chill or kill? Do we recommend this? Uh, yeah, no, not at all, man. Big, big kill. Thumbs down for me. Honestly, this had glimmers of like a movie that could have been good somewhere, but like, like there's something in there, but it's real, real, real deep in there. Like it's it's you, not a total non-starter, but it's just so really, many poor decisions were made along the way that like it it got way too lost in the sauce. It's like you really have to dust off those bones and like dig carefully if you're a paleontologist trying to extract the movie from within. Definitely, it's completely irredeemable. I think. unforgiven it's like now that we've run through the entire plot it's like there's so much shit that happens in this movie but there's also barely anything that happens in this movie well anything of substance that we as viewers like care about because like (laughs) it stretches itself so thin and it tries to do too much but it ends up doing uh everything incompetently (laughs) right whereas like if it was a little bit more focused if it was if it knew if it had a clear vision of like what it wanted to be 
And like that, I think even just those two things would have made it like a way better movie. I'm reading here, director William Bindley, his brother, uh, Scott Bindley, wrote the screenplay. Okay. Wow. Damn. (laughs) Imagine working with your brother on this. Yeah. Yeah. Young Michael bringing me the script. I, I'm pretty confident young Michael could write a much better coming of age movie than this. <laughs> oh, I've edited some of his writing. He definitely yeah, can. <laughs> he definitely so he can. Yeah, yeah. Um, Damn. Also, shout out to young Michael for being able to bench press far more than I ever could. Why does young Michael need to be so jacked? He can bench like both of us put together. Yeah, like. <laughs> So is this, is he trying to work out a ton to like get better at playing hockey? Like, is this kind of cross training like for hockey? I think he's trying to be a Christian bodybuilder, Pat. <laughs> <laughs> the most base thing you can be. That rocks, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, oh, so what other, what other media have you been consuming? Who, me? Uh, yeah. Nothing, man. I've just been consuming bubbly. That's all I've been consuming. <laughs> oh, yes. So George, George had a real lightning bolt moment where you wrote an email to the bubbly corporation. Yes, I wrote an email to PepsiCo. So um, and uh, yeah, I, you know, I've been a bubbly fan for for many, many years. And I just had this like epiphany the other day and decided to to pen an email to the marketing department of uh, of Pepsi. Um, and are, are you all right if I do a dramatic reading of this? Yes, I think you should. Okay, so this is like a, first of all, I can't imagine anybody has ever filled the comment box out to such an extent, because this is not an email app. This is in browser. This is in a comment box. Yes. Dear PepsiCo. Yeah. (laughs) Go ahead. Dear dear PepsiCo, I'd like to present you with a comical, engaging, and dare I say, quote unquote, on-brand advertisement idea for your line of bubbly, sparkling water beverages. This ad begins like this. Michael Buble is leaving his home with an ice-cold bubbly can in hand. As he is about to get in his car, he places the bubbly can on the roof, freeing up his hand to wave goodbye to his wife. Then, he enters the car and drives off the bubbly, still on the roof, brackets. His wife attempts to point this out, point this out to him and get his attention, but it's too late. The mood of the ensuing car ride is electric. Michael is driving with the windows down, one hand on the steering wheel, singing along to his own music. Save the last dance for me, perhaps. Weaving in and out of traffic, and all the while the bubbly remains magically upright on the roof. Perhaps there is a short scene where he's stopped at a red light, and the person in the car next to him gestures and tries to point out the rooftop bubbly. But Michael just smiles and waves as he thinks this is simply a fan recognizing him. (laughs) This is very good, by the way. Thank Uh, you, dude. When he arrives to his destination, Michael exits the car and sees the rooftop bubbly. Realizing what's happened, he shrugs, smiles, and takes a sip. The tagline at the end reads their iconic slogan, no calories, no sweeteners, all smiles. <laughs> uh, and then it goes on. I believe that this ad will bring happiness to bubbles around the globe. Now you're sounding like Archie Andrews in the student film. <laughs> yeah, dude. It is in part based on true events, which nearly occurred this morning as I was bringing my personal favorite orange bubbly with me to my car for the drive to work. Dude, the morning car bubbly is nuts. I love it. 
dude yeah you know i got the empties i got the empties <laughs> scattered all over my cab it's nuts you do live in your car we should also add uh my my morning bubbly is sincerely the best part of my day if you do end up using this idea for any future advertising i'm not looking for compensation as i'm a humble bubbly enthusiast but would appreciate although i've read your agreement and know it is not required some form of acknowledgement from you informing me of your decision to use it i will end this by very presumably saying i hope to hear back from you kind regards and thank you for your product george name redacted thank you for your product fat <laughs> you're like saluting them like they're the troops holy <laughs> shit dude i think that's a good ad though dude it's such a good ad and yeah so this this actually did almost happen i i nearly forgot my i put i placed my bubbly on my roof and then nearly forgot it and drove off but like grabbed it at the last moment so i'm like <laughs> and then the whole car ride that on the way to work I like I didn't even play any music. I just like was like hammering out this this vision of this ad in my head. <laughs> and driving uh, then, without music is so funny. I it's so the handful of so times I've tried to do that, I've been like, this is wrong. Yeah, <laughs> raw dog in a a morning commute is is nuts. Yeah, man, just no just music, the noise no... of traffic, yeah. muted noise of traffic outside. <laughs> The muted noise of people being like, there's a can on your roof. You're just waving <laughs> to them. Oh, man. That's so yeah, funny, dude. dude. Um, yo, if you were like part of the bubbly PepsiCo marketing department and you just got that in your like anonymous submissions, that would be what, what a treat that would be. Yeah. And I mean, in terms of like all the stuff they must get, I mean, something like that is kind of delightful it's fun it's upbeat you like the product you don't have any complaints you're offering them an idea i'm truly being like uh just like a good citizen like i a good I'm, samaritan I'm a good samaritan yeah i'm just <laughs> trying to give them an idea i'm not looking for any compensation this is for the love of the game yeah <laughs> doing something for the love of the game it's like podcasting yeah dude uh it's pure. my intentions stuff. are pure just Dude, like I, probably i don't know if <laughs> i told pure. you but a couple of people i knew were like oh you're quitting your job and you have a podcast so that means the podcast is doing really well right i'm like no in what in what world am i quitting my job because of the podcast yeah you're like those two things separately are yeah. true but like unrelated <laughs> It's not an if then statement. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, look, some people bought dark psychology, but not nearly enough people for me to just quit my job. Yeah, yeah. I would have, I would have appreciated if more people had bought that book, but no matter. <laughs> man, if we could just quit our jobs and read Wikipedia summaries of terrible movies. Oh man, I love it. Yeah, can you imagine how hard that would have been to do as a summary if we'd gone chronological scene by scene? Because yeah. the movie is fucking all over the place. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think what other media have I been into. I mean, I've done a lot of writing. I'm almost done the first draft of my book. So, yeah, I'm reading this good book. It's by a guy named Patrick, last name redacted. Uh, it's pretty crazy <laughs> stuff. Very psychosexual. Wait, um, I thought I saw you review something on Letterboxd. I did watch a movie on Tubi called Simon Killer which I thought was Dude, really good. That's been on my list forever. It is, 
man, the perfect intersection of a guy who has Riz and is like a mentally disturbed loner. It's awesome. Uh, and the way it's okay. filmed is like incredible. Uh, really like claustrophobic in its setting. Um, mm. And then the algorithm on Tubi recommended me another movie, which has the main character from that, who also co-wrote the movie. He's in a supporting role in this other movie called The Sleepwalker, uh, which also mm. has Christopher Abbott in it. And a couple of women who I hadn't seen before, who I think are like Swedish or Norwegian actresses. Um, and the premise of the sleepwalker is very similar to Martha Marcy Marlene May or whatever that movie is. Ooh, where yeah. it's like a couple at a remote lake house is joined by like a disturbed female relative <laughs> and her partner. It's a really good uh, low budget movie. I thought the plot ultimately ended up being a little ambiguous i would have liked a little more clarity and closure but um christopher abbott he's so good in that movie he um he kind of reminded me a bit of like you know how casey affleck has like a disturbed quiet guy stare (laughs) Mm -hmm. he i think he channeled some casey during this movie okay nice. where he's like kind of a quiet guy but you can tell there's like a lot of intensity there and you like don't want to cross him um casey affleck casey anthony (laughs) dream couple power couple um so yeah i would recommend uh for those tubi heads in our audience which again why would you not be a tubi head it's fucking free uh look up simon killer and the sleepwalker both are like good kind of psychological slow burns where you don't quite get what you're watching at first but then things start to come into focus a little bit more oh. um yeah that's that's pretty much it um i booked some more of my tickets for my travels uh booked my japan rail pass dude this whole time i've been talking to you i've just been rotating bullet trains in my mind um dude, that's gonna be fucking awesome you. I text you, you're going to be Buckethead Brad this summer, dude. <laughs> yeah, I need, imagine watching the movie Bullet Train on a bullet train. Maybe I Yo. should download it on my computer to then get on a bullet train. It would be you funny to, for everybody to be crowding out the window to see Mount Fuji in the distance, and I'm just like huge headphones on watching bullet trains. <laughs> yeah, I always, I like to watch topical movies, you know what I yeah. mean? I like to watch Top Gun when I'm in a fighter jet, you know? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> when I'm like the second guy in the fighter jet who should be calling out all the navigation things, I'm just watching Top Gun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I have to book a bunch of, like, accommodations and stuff and probably a couple more plane tickets, but the uh, the shape of the trip is beginning to take form. Uh, I don't know if I told you, but I've decided to add Croatia as one of my European stops. Oh, yeah. You're going to go full hostile. I'm going to go full hostile. Well, I actually didn't realize until I was uh, DMing with him last night. Eric, one half of the Think Fresh pod, uh, was born in Croatia, actually. And he's going to be there visiting uh, family this summer a few days apart from when I'm going. So we're not actually going to intersect, but it's going to be like (sighs) three days apart. Um, so he was giving me some good recommendations for like beaches and like towns to hit that are full of good ruins and uh, mm. attractive women and whatnot. So, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you should leave some memories of Pat for him to like find when he arrives, you know? Oh, I was going to say, actually, I'm going there just as <sighs> he'll have left. So he, yeah, he needs to leave memories of Eric. 
he has to leave a subway sandwich that's like the you open it and it's like the mission impossible like your mission should you choose to accept it this yeah, flatbread yeah, yeah. will self-destruct in five seconds <laughs> <laughs> i was asking him do croatians know about podcasts and he's like certainly not <laughs> do croatians know about subway oh good question yeah, because I feel like, did we see any subways like in Italy, which is fairly close to Croatia? Yeah, um, did we? May, like maybe one in Florence, but yeah, there weren't really any of the chain fast food restaurants in Prado where we were staying in Italy, which was no. the second biggest uh, urban center in Tuscany. So yeah, I think a lot of the cities I'll see in Croatia are kind of like the size of Prado or maybe smaller even. So yeah anyway sweet um yeah that about, fun, dude. yeah i'm super psyched um that about does it for this episode we don't know what we're doing next week do we i guess not no um <laughs> whoops we'll whoops we'll we'll figure it out we'll let you guys know on instagram yeah totally um until then keep watching these shitty originals and uh stay safe everyone make good choices Bye. I'm going to double bag those groceries. Double bag those groceries. I can impart (laughs) one piece of advice. Double bag those groceries. Or you know what? Use a reusable bag. (laughs) At a minimum. Use a tote. Use the tote (laughs) the grocery store gives you. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You can can reuse a condom at least four times. Before you throw it out. I mean, it's like underwear. You turn it inside out and then you wear it again the next day. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) All right, man. We should go. Okay. But I...